spend a few more, eat a few more salads and not stay up so late, you know. I want to live my life different than the way I've been living it. I want to live it different than, than the way um, that I've been going. And it's kind of funny, when I started thinking about my life as a Christian, I have all kinds of regrets. I have regrets of friends that I didn't share the gospel with. I have regrets of, of I have a family member. He was like an uncle to us. He wasn't really family, but he was close enough to be family. And, and uh, he died and um, didn't know Jesus. And I didn't go see him. And if you've been a Christian long enough, you're going to have regrets. And I wish, you know, I can look back at all the things I should have, could have done, and, and I wish I would have done. And, but if I spend all my time looking backwards, it kind of paralyzes me to look forward, right? keeps me from going out and doing the job I had today, right? Today is a new day, and today I have a new job. And just so you, if you guys are anybody's out of work, you guys already have a job. You're just working for Jesus. He doesn't, the pay is not very good, but the retirement's awesome. <laughs> but, uh, but I had a lot of regrets. And as we start Psalm 137, we're going to see a people who have a whole lot of regrets. See, the, the, the nation of Israel, the Jews, were given the oracles of God. What does that mean? What are the oracles of God? The oracles of God is God's word was given to the Jewish people. And they had intimacy with God. They were God's... I mean, to cruise around on the planet and go, Hey, what's up? I'm, I'm God's chosen people. I mean, that's got to be a perk, right? Like, you walk up to your buddy and you're like, Hey, remember the Red Sea? I was there. Those, those are my people. Those are my peeps. You know, I, you know the, 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 the Mount Sinai, the crossing over the Jordan, the taking over uh, of the promised land. You know, hey, pfft, those are my peeps, man. That's, that's, that's my tribe. That's where I come from. You know, it cracks me up. We get guys, you know, I, I'm kind of a foreigner to Buell, so I've only been here for a few years. But there's some dudes who will die for Buell baseball. <laughs> you know, these are little kids. They're like eight. I'm like, you're that loyal, huh? It's like, I went to Buell. I'm like, so did everybody else here. <laughs> But they get excited. But it's, it's interesting. As, as these, the chosen people of God, the ones who received the oracle of God, ended up not putting God first. And they ended up living a life where God had to take them and lead them away captive by Babylon. So I, I don't know how long it takes or, or exactly what you have to do to be taken captive to Babylon. But know that it wasn't a good deal. They were, some, they were doing some really screwed up stuff and, and they were forgetting their first love. I've had a chance to talk to, you know, I got a chance to talk to Daniel and I could, I could see that he wants to live a different life towards his wife after she had cancer than she did before. Why? Because there's always a day at work. There's always something to do. But his wife, he got a real good awakening that his wife may not always be there. He got a real eye-opener to, man, I might have to live my life without her. And what is that? How, does that, how much more valued? Uh, I think he, he put a lot more value in his relationship with her. We see it a lot with uh, you know, husbands who aren't really nice to their wives, right? They're really not nice to their wife. They don't like them. But as soon as their wives leave, what's the first thing they do? Oh, baby, I love you. I love you, baby. You're so good to me. Right? We were complaining about her all the whole time before that, but as soon as she's gone, as soon as you don't have that person there anymore, all of a sudden, all these emotions and all these feelings, and that's kind of how I see the people of Israel, as they're being led away by chains. They're, they're looking back and they're saying, Oh, Jerusalem, oh, that holy city, oh, that amazing thing. Well, when you were worshiping pagan gods, <laughs> were you that worried about it being a, a holy city? 
Were you, were, you, were you super stoked about doing God's will when you were worshiping all, the, all these foreign gods and doing all this other stuff? But the one thing that I, I do like about this, or the one thing that I, I take away is, I don't want to have any regrets in my life. I don't want to look back at my life as a Christian and say, I, I didn't do the things God told me to. I didn't, I, didn't, uh, uh, I didn't fulfill the tasks that God sent me to do. Rick, you got a job to do. God wants to use you for something. Don't miss it. I'm not, I don't mean to pick on you. Lisa's kind of like, like whoa. I <laughs> but, but, you know, Lisa, we, we all have jobs. Cindy, good to see you. You have a job. God's got a plan. And I don't want to look back at my life and go, man, I wish I could have. I wish I would have. I, I don't know why I didn't. And certainly God's going to accomplish his plans without us. But one of the things that... Um, that I think is our treasures in heaven, is that we got to be a part of God's plan. We got to be the piece that God used to bring that guy to Christ. Because let me tell you, most people don't get saved in a church, right? You guys go to work every day, and you guys share the gospel, and you live the gospel, and people go, wow, that's crazy. That looks different than what I'm doing. That looks different than the way I'm living. And your guys' lives become the ambassadors that God sends out. What we do here is to equip to learn God's word, to, to, to dig in deeper, to, to get deep. Um, sure, certainly we can get saved here. But some people can even get saved at a Greg Laurie. <laughs> I didn't know it could happen, but it did. <laughs> but, um, but God can do uh, whatever he wants to do. But it's, it's interesting that um, he lets us do it. So let's listen to, to Babylon as they're kind of going away, or to the, uh, the Israelites, Psalm 137. It says, By the waters of Babylon, there we sat down and wept when we remembered Zion. Zion's another uh, word for Jerusalem. It's the mountain. It says, On the willow tree there we hung up our uh, lyres. It's like a fl- uh, like harp. For there our captors resigned, uh, are required of us songs, and our tormentors mirth saying, Sing us one of the songs of Zion. How shall we sing the Lord's song here in a foreign land? For if I forget you, O Jerusalem, let my right hand forget its skill, and let my tongue cling to the roof of my mouth if I do not remember you. For if I do not set Jerusalem above my highest joy. You know, as he's sitting here looking back at all of these things, the, the Israelites are being led away captive. They're, they're, they're in chains. They're, they're uh, bound by um, uh, the Babylonians. And the Babylonians are saying, sing us a song. Give us a song of Zion. How do most of the songs in the Psalms go if you're singing a praise song to God? God is good. If God is for us, who can be against us, right? Everybody gets excited when we hear those words, right? And they, they were singing all these songs about how great God was and how the, He upholds Israel by the power of His right hand and all these things. And were any of those things seeming to be true at this moment? Yeah. It's like poking fun at them. The, that's like the, the mean joke. It's like making fun of the fat kid. You just don't do that in front of them. You, know? <laughs> you do that somewhere else. But there they were. Sing us these songs that you guys sing about. Sing us the songs of Zion. Come on, tell us how great your God is. And here he is. How can I sing the songs of the Lord? How can I sing out uh, about Zion in, in a foreign land? How can I do it? I can't do it. He says, if, if I forget, O Israel, or Jerusalem, uh, 
if I forget you, O Jerusalem, let my right hand forget its skill. He said, if I forget what I've learned, if I forget that God is the main focus of, of what's supposed to be going on in Jerusalem, if I forget that, let my hand stop playing because there's no reason to play if God's not good. If God's not the reason why we worship in Jerusalem, if God's not the reason why you come to church, then what good is it to sing? What good is it to, to, uh, to play music? What good is it to do any of these things if, if not for God's glory? It says, let my tongue stick to the roof of my mouth. If I do not remember you, if I do not set Jerusalem above my highest joy, you know, one of the things that, that is really great about regret is you can really, you know, hindsight's always, what, 2020, right? I can see all the screw-ups I ever did. I can see all the places I made a mistake. I'm a high school dropout. Um, it's hilarious. I wish I would have finished school. I, I'm looking back and I'm like, I was stupid. I, I got mad at my mom. I was like middle of my senior year and I'm like, ah, oh, you can't tell me what to do. I'm 18. And I can do what I want. I'm 18. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Maybe the older folks are like, yeah. <laughs> so, but that's, I, I don't know why I did that. And I look back and it was so stupid. I should have listened to my mom. Should have, I should have, I should have. But in this guy's regard, he's looking back and he's thinking, all the mistakes and all the, the screw-ups, and we didn't love God the way He was supposed to be loved. We didn't worship God the way He was supposed to be worshipped. We didn't love the Lord with our whole heart. And look, at this is what his hindsight tells him. If I do not uh, set Jerusalem above my highest joy, let my tongue cling to the roof of my mouth, let my hand stop working. Because what's special about Jerusalem? It's where the temple's at, right? That Jerusalem is essentially where they built the tabernacle, where God's spirit dwelt. So the address of God is Jerusalem. That's how the Jews feel. So when he's praising this town or lifting up this town, he's lifting it up because that's where God lives. When I look back, when he looks back, the place where God lives should have been my highest joy. Where do we put him at? I do it all the time. I get busy and I wake up late and I'm, I'm running like a chicken with my head cut off and I got a thousand things to do. And at the end of the day, after I'm all done and everything, I'm, I've already lost my temper and my kids are mad and my wife's upset and there's like six or eight people at church who are frustrated with me and I go, okay, God, what should I have done? <laughs> I wish I could make this different. How do I make this different? But I always, it seems like for me, I'm always looking back. God, why did I screw this up? I, I want to be proactive. I want to be able to look at God's word and say, I'm doing what you said, so if I'm offending, it's because of your word, God, not because of me. But I, I don't know if you, the one thing I know about being a Christian, if you've been a Christian long enough, you're going to have regrets. If you've been a dad or a mom long enough, you're going to have regrets. If you've been a husband or a wife long enough, you're going to have regrets. But let's not let those regrets become the pieces that take us away captive. Let's not have those regrets bind us up. It's interesting. Like I say, I want to set God and His place and the things He's doing to above my highest joy. I'm, I'm a, a duck hunter. I like hunting. Um, 
I'm trying to think what else I like. I pretty much like doing anything that requires goofing off. That's probably my highest joy. <laughs> and uh, it's interesting that God says, I, I, but I want to love God more than that. I want to love God uh, more than um, the things that are going on. And I don't know if we do. I don't know if we're... Uh, certainly, I'm, I, I can't speak for you guys. I can only speak for my own life. I have to start every day purposefully. I have to start every day, even working at a church. You'd think working at a church, things would just be easier. You know what I mean? Oh, praise God. Yes, praise God. <laughs> I dislike you, but I praise God for you. <laughs> you know? but, but every morning, I have to start the same way I did with a plumbing company as the same way I did working for somebody. God, I don't know what to do today. Show me the things you want me to do. Show me the places you want me to go. Show me the people that you want me to talk to. God, help me do be an ambassador for you today. And let me tell you, the few times that I've done that in my life, God has always come through. God has always fulfilled and, 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 and honored that prayer as I, uh, as I remembered praying it. And some of the greatest things um, uh, in my life have happened to me when I was submitted to God and following the things he wanted me to do that day. I don't know about you guys, but that's, that's, that's where it is. But let's not look back. Let's not, uh, let's not have hindsight be twenty twenty when it comes to God. Verse 7, it says, Remember, O Lord, against the Edomites, the day of Jerusalem, and how they said, Lay it bare, lay it bare, down to its foundations. O daughter of Babylon, doomed to be destroyed, blessed uh, shall he be who repays you for what you have done to us. Blessed shall he be who takes your little ones and dashes them against the rocks. That's a real pick-me-up, feel-good verse, you know, something you want to put on your fridge. (laughs) Yeah, probably not. But these guys went through really hard things. When Babylon was taking their people, they took their people systematically. When the first time they came and took them over, they took all the, the, uh, uh, the princely guys and all the really smart guys. That's the, the exile Daniel was a part of. And then when they came back and take them over again, they take all of the mighty men and all the uh, educated people. And then in the last time they take them over, they take all the men, the rest of any able bodies for work. And they take those away. And Jerusalem essentially is left with nothing. Most of the people... Uh, if you read Jeremiah, they, they starved to death. But look at what they're willing to endure. Look at the, all the things that uh, uh, God has, has promised them. What does Jeremiah say as they're leaving away bound in chains? Come on, somebody knows it. I know the thoughts that I have for you. Thoughts to prosper you. Thoughts for a future and hope. I know those things and it's, the future and hope comes in this kind of package. Sometimes God has to really shake us up to get us back on track. One of the things that uh, I think God did in my life that really shook me up is uh, He took me through some financial crisis as we ended up losing our house. I didn't think that happened when you went to church. You know, I, I went to the, the feel-good gospel, you know, Praise God, He always provides what you need, and you're going to make sure you make two point, you know, five million a year, and you're going to have nice cars. Sometimes I wish I served that God. I won't lie; <laughs> it'd be a little easier. But God took us through some hard things and shook us up. He, uh, I, I think, money became an idol in my life, and God let me. He knew that I put my faith and my hope and my trust in money, and then He let me. He said, "Okay, Jay, see how far that money gets you." 
and I've landed flat on my face and ended up uh, walking away from a house and, and some business ventures and uh, essentially lost um, things that I had did not anticipate losing. And, and when I got all done, I remember this voice in my head, am I still good? Am I still your king? Am I still good enough to be your God? And I went, oh, God, you're all I got now. <laughs> God took all my money. <laughs> but I remember just this, this overwhelming, um, you know, God took me through something really hard, uh, but he used it for my good. And certainly for the nation of Israel, it's a, it was a hard deal. It wasn't something that was uh, fun at all, but God used it for their good. Essentially, they come back and they take over the land again, and uh, God's going to fulfill his promise in them. And I want that to be how God sees my life. Psalm 138. Psalm 138 starts off completely different. It's a little, it's a more happier note. It makes me happy. It says, I give you thanks, O, o Lord, with all of my heart. Before the gods, I sing your praises. This is the, the other end of this spectrum. So we have this guys, these guys who are singing, who are looking back in regret. And this is a psalm of David. And the psalm of David shows what it, what it is to, um, to put God first in everything that you do. And to see and to have that relationship. No matter what David was going through, whether he was stuck in a cave being chased by Saul, whether he was booted out uh, or in trouble with Bathsheba, whether he was winning battles or beating Goliath, God was in control of his life and God was um, uh, he, God was the most important thing to him so he says I give you thanks O Lord with my whole heart before the gods I sing your praises I bow down towards your holy temple why does he bow down to the holy temple that's where God's at the holy temple for the Jews where the spirit of God that's um, shy of a body you know in the bodily form of Jesus God's spirit resided in the temple. He says, I bow down towards your holy temple and I give thanks to your name for your steadfast love and your faithfulness. The two things that mark David's life and mark, I think, any believer's life is, if you really look at it, is we know as believers, God is steadfastly loving and two, that, uh, what was the other one? He is faithful. <laughs> he, is, he is faithful to do the things that he says he's going to do. And I don't know, to me, that's, that's really all I need. God doesn't give me a list every morning and say, this is how I'm going to do it. This is every little jot and tittle of how things are going to get done and how the day is going to look. He says, what does he say? He says, trust me. I'm good. And wherever I take you is going to be good. Well, what if I die? Well, then it was good. <laughs> what, if, uh, I, you know, what if somebody unfriends me on Facebook? Well, maybe that was good. <laughs> Some real persecution there, and I'm... I've been unfriended twice now by, by lots of people. <laughs> he says, I give thanks to your name for your steadfast love and your faithfulness. For you have exalted above all things your name and your word. On the day I called, you answered me. For my strength of my soul increased. And all the kings of the earth shall give you thanks, O Lord. For they have heard the words of your mouth. And they uh, shall sing of your ways, uh, uh, shall sing of the ways of the Lord. For great is the glory of the Lord. You know, one of the things, someday, one day when Jesus comes back, every tongue will bow, or every tongue will confess, every knee will bow. <laughs> no bowing tongues in here. <laughs> every uh, knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. 
And uh, one day, every king, and during the millennial kingdom, they're going to hear when God, God's not going to rule us uh, through a book anymore. He's not going to rule us by a spirit. We're going to see him face to face. And when we see him, we won't have to wonder, hmm, I wonder what he's thinking. He's going to say something, and when he says it, it's going to come into being or it's going to be, begin to start. So it's going to be a, I actually can't wait for that because sometimes I think I take things too literally or sometimes I take things too figuratively. So it would be nice to have God there to just really straighten it out. Be like, what did you, what did you mean by this? But one day, all of those things are going to come, come through and, and, and it's going to be completed. Verse 6. For though the Lord is high, he regards the lowly. But the haughty, um, the hoity, he knows uh, from afar. You know, one of the things I, I love about God probably the most is that he has no respecters of person. How many, of, I mean, where are you guys all from? You guys all have PhDs and, and you know, one? <laughs> but I'm a nobody. I'm a nobody from nowhere. But God said I'm somebody because... He chose to die for me. One of the things that uh, changed the way I looked about uh, looked at myself after kind of screwing up high school and kind of messing up was that something isn't valuable because somebody says it's valuable or not. Something's valuable based on how much somebody will pay for it. Well, I looked. At, I had baseball cards. You ever had a Beckett? And you go through the baseball card Beckett, and you're like, "Oh, I got a Frank Thomas. It says it's worth three hundred dollars. Sweet." And you go down to the store, and you're like, "Oh, it's three hundred dollars. Can I trade it in?" He goes, "I'll give you ten bucks." But like, no, it's worth three hundred. Look, the book says three hundred. He says, "Oh, I'll pay you ten bucks. I'm not paying three hundred. I'll pay you ten bucks. That's what it's worth to me." But God looked at my life, and He said, "It's worth dying for." That's what makes me valuable, not because I'm super good looking and <laughs> thank God, right? <laughs> or charming, or or a goofball, or any of the the things um, that God's done in my life, but none of those things, but because God said I was valuable enough to come die for. That's what makes me valuable. I don't know if uh, you guys are going through any of that kind of stuff. Of, you know, One of the things that I think the devil likes to do is to get in our heads and make us feel like we're not worth anything. But let me tell you, if the God of the universe was willing to come die for you, that's more than 10 bucks. That's more than the Beckett says, I'm not worth much. <laughs> the Beckett says for, uh, that you know, the wages of sin is death. But God said, I want him. And I'm willing to trade death for him. I don't know. That shook me up for a long time. But it says, uh, though I walk in the midst of trouble, you preserve my life. You stretch out your right hand against the wrath of my enemies. And your right hand delivers me. Where do we find, uh, you know, it's kind of crazy. When you really look at the world and all the things it has to offer, you get down to the end of the, the day and um, what's going to save us? What, you know, I, you know I, what's the song? It's like a Beatles song. Where are you at? You know Beatles. What's the one song where he talks about all the stuff he, and uh, he's never satisfied? Maybe it's not Beatles, I don't know. <laughs> Rolling Stones, sorry. <laughs> Help me. Yeah, there you go. Don't be scared to sing it out. <laughs> I can't get no Derner. 
You know, if that guy can't get satisfaction, he's got all the time, all the money, all the, the power he could ever want. And he can't find satisfaction. Where do we find ours? It makes me, it makes me happy to know that no matter how this story ends up in my life, whether I live to be 100 or whether I live to be 36 and a half, or whether you know, I'm rich or whether I'm poor, that God has a plan for me after this. He's going to sustain me uh, by the power of His right hand. And when I'm with Him, there ultimately is going to be ultimate satisfaction. I'm going to have all the things I ever wanted, everything I ever, ever desired. He's going to do that. He's going to protect me. He's going to deliver me. Verse 8, For the Lord will fulfill His purpose for me. Your steadfast love, O Lord, endures forever. And do not forsake the work of your hand. All that to say, I don't know what God's doing in your life, but I know God is going to give you the strength to endure whatever He is. Some of us, He's called to be prophets and apostles and whatever it is He's called you to be. But God's going to give you the power and the strength you need to get the job done that He's called you to do. One of the things, uh, one of the guys who's really been an inspiration to me is Bill. He is, this is his wife. Hi, Bill's wife. <laughs> Bill is, is out right now uh, sharing God's word um, at the, where's he at? He's in Utah at the, I can't remember what it is, like a pageant. He's sharing God's word with um, some Mormon friend. And it's, uh, but it cracks me up. God's using him. You know, this is, um, not to sound bad, but he's not super educated, doesn't have an MDiv or a, a seminary degree. He doesn't have uh, any kind of real formal training other than coming to Bible studies, right? I mean, and coming to church and being equipped. And that's <laughs> really all you need. And, and God's word, essentially, that's all the equipping you need. But there he goes. He's, he's putting feet to his faith and he's going out and sharing the gospel with people who don't want to hear it. And... It never ceases uh, to amaze me that God will fulfill His purpose for me. I don't know what God's purpose is for you, but God does have a purpose, and it's not sitting on the couch watching TV. I wish it was sometimes. <laughs> it's not hanging out and and making sure you know that uh, I'm you know logging seventy, eighty hours a week at work. You know, or maybe it is. Maybe there's somebody who wants you to witness there. But ultimately, in God's economy, none of those things matter. In God's economy, we're never going to look back and say, man, I wish I had another 70 you know, hours I could have worked this week. In God's economy, it's going to be, man, I wish I, I want to be used to share the gospel. I wish I could have been used to share the gospel. And that's where, um, you know, that's where he's going to be. But he's going to fulfill that. It says, for your steadfast love, O Lord, endures forever. Praise God. Do not forsake the work of your hand. One of the things that um, you'll read as you kind of go through the Bible is that God created you. You are the work of God's hand. And it's one of the, as he completed us and knit us together in our mother's womb, uh, in the very beginning he said, it is good. And I, I find it interesting that he's still looking for that same thing. He's still looking for a man that he, or a woman that he can mold into the image of his son and send out. That's still what God's doing. That's still the same work. He's still working with, unfortunately, you know, a lump of clay. He's still forming dirt out of it and sending guys out. And uh, 
I don't know, one of the things I guess uh, for me is I'm, I'm looking forward to, to seeing God one day and having him say those words, well done, good and faithful servant. You did good with what I told you to do. You did good with the things I had for you. I don't know where you guys are at tonight. I don't know where all of these things fall, but I, uh, uh, we're going to spend a couple minutes here in prayer. And um, if you have something you'd like to pray about, um, just go ahead and, and let it out. You know, I, it's weird. After coming back, so I, I went to Africa for a couple of weeks, and after coming back from Africa, I'm far less shy. I don't know what it is. Those people really talk close. <laughs> like when they're, they're, it's an entire nation of people who are close talkers. And, and, and they, when we had, we had a prayer meeting and there was five of us and guys were singing, like, like singing, like trying to get a guy on the other side of a football field to hear him. And when they prayed, they prayed like they were actually speaking to God. And they, and they didn't hold back anything that was there. And so as we uh, kind of end tonight, I just wanted to end with that prayer, to know that God's steadfast love endures forever and that he's not done with us yet. You still walking around? You still got breath in your lungs? I do. He's still working. So let's go ahead and pray, and uh, we'll give it a few minutes, and then I'll, I'll close it. I'll start it and close it. So. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for today. We thank you for everything that you've done for us in our lives, Father. We pray that, uh, that we can be used as vessels, Father. And we pray that, uh, uh, that you would finish the work that you started in us, Father.